For the Pacifica Radio Network and from KBOO in Portland, Oregon, this is Progressive Spirit. ProgressiveSpirit.net. I'm John Schuck. I'm in the midst of a series of interviews with holy, healing, spiritually disobedient, creative, and awakened women. Last week, I spoke with Angela Yarber, creator of the Holy Women Icons Project. Next week, I'll speak with Maggie Rowe, performer and producer of the Comedy Central stage show Sit and Spin. She's the author of Sin Bravely, a memoir of spiritual disobedience. Today, my guest is Carol Howard Merritt. She's written Healing Spiritual Wounds, Reconnecting with a Loving God After Experiencing a Hurtful Church. And basically what the professor said was divorce was not allowed in any sort of circumstance. And one of the students in the classroom, she was an international student, she was horrified. And she said, well, what if, what if you're being abused? And he said, divorce is not allowed in any circumstance. And so it just, it kept escalating because she said, are you kidding? What if you have kids? You know, what if they're being abused? And he, he just kept going with his bottom line. And for me, that was um, just such a startling moment because it made me realize what I had been going through as I was growing up. And to watch this woman really question that line of thinking. I'm happy to welcome back Carol Howard Merritt. She was on a program a couple of years ago, and now she's come out with a new book. She is an award-winning author, speaker, and minister. Uh, She writes on the topic of ministering in a new generation. Uh, Carol is the author of Tribal Church, Ministering to the Missing Generation, and Reframing Hope, a Vital Ministry in a New Generation. That's the book we talked about a couple of years ago. Uh, she writes for the Christian Century, the Huffington Post, Duke Divinity's Faith and Leadership blog, and tribalchurch.org. And her latest book uh, that we're going to talk about today is Healing Spiritual Wounds, Reconnecting with a Loving God After Experiencing a Hurtful Church. And she's with me via Skype from Chattanooga. Welcome, uh, Carol. To progressive spirit. Thank you so much. It's great to be here. It's great to hear your voice again, John. Oh, it's so good to connect. Yeah, and and I love this book. Um, it's filled with um, honesty and practical applications of, of how to deal with uh, spiritual wounds. For whom did you write this book, and, and what do you hope to uh, do with it? Well, I wrote it typically or mainly for people who have been wounded by the church, people who have gone through. um, For me, it was I grew up as a conservative Christian. Um, I've also worked with a lot of people who have uh, gone through um, sexual abuse within the church or pedophilia within the church um, so there, there are just a lot of people out there who have been wounded by the church. One of the main things that I was really surprised about was that this is more of a trade book. So it's it's less uh, a, a book geared toward professionals, professional pastors, and more toward everyday people. But every time it comes up within a professional setting, ministers themselves oftentimes um, share pretty horrifying stories about how they've been abused by the church. So it seems to touch a lot of people in a lot of different places. 
You write uh, at one point in your book, and I'm quoting, it says, I realized God was calling me to help people to separate religious wounds from their positive experiences with God and to restore the latter. Can you talk more about that? Uh, uh, the, the First of all, the kind of the intermingling, I guess, of the negative and the positive, and, and what you mean by separating that out? Right. Well, sometimes the reason why religious wounds are so heavy and difficult and um, hurt us so much is for two reasons. One, they happen in our souls in these really tender places where, where we hope and dream and wish. Um, and then the second reason why they're so harmful is that often they carry the weight of God with them. Mm -hmm. So people who have been wounded by someone in the church community or a minister or a, you know, nasty religious blogger, oftentimes they have a difficult time separating that person or that church or that organization from God. And so many times the first step in healing religious wounds is reclaiming a loving God. We tend to think of God as vengeful, or as someone who's ready to punish us at any moment, or we can think of God as angry. And certainly, there are a lot of um, religious traditions, Christian religious traditions that uphold a God like that. But if we can claim a God who is love, um, that seems to go a long way in helping uh, with religious wounds, of being able to separate those traumatic events from a loving God. One of your chapters is called Healing Our Image of God. Can you talk a little bit about yourself? You do write about yourself in the book uh, of your own uh, healing from spiritual wounds. What did you go through to have a more positive view of God for yourself? Well, for me, I couldn't separate my image of God from my image of my father. Hmm. And um, my father was a, a really brilliant man and um, a NASA scientist and, and just really, really incredible in so many ways. Um, but he was also uh, mentally ill and um, he had borderline personality disorder. So he was very violent in our home. And here I was, you know, growing up, praying to God, our Father, and in my religious tradition, which was, uh, you know, white evangelical, we prayed a lot to Father. And so for me, it was very difficult to separate God the Father from God, this man I was I was living with, and whom I was pretty afraid of on a daily basis, and so um, so I, I think it really hit me when he died, um, in the, in that process of dying, um, and certainly standing by his bedside and seeing him as no longer that angry man. And realizing, wow, there's more to this person made me realize there's probably more to God. Even though I had known these things theologically and on an intellectual level, 
um, that allowed me to really get a gut sense. And for me, like learning about the feminine images of God really helped me. So as we think of, um, you know, God as a mother hen or the God who gives us birth, we, we talk about ourselves as being born again. And for me, reclaiming that, um, because if we're born again, then our God must be our mother. Hmm, that's right. My guest is uh, Carol Howard Merritt. She's the author of Healing Spiritual Wounds, uh, Reconnecting with a Loving God After Experiencing a Hurtful Church. You're listening to Progressive Spirit. And we're talking about um, the wounds uh, that organized religion and views of God have had. One of my questions is, is that you and I both know uh, the Bible. We've both been theologically trained, and we both know that the Bible's views of God are are not a very positive uh, on many cases. And in fact, I don't know if you could count them, but it seems to me that God in the Bible itself is more violent and patriarchal um, than than God is nice. Uh, <laughs> and, and now we have gone through the theological training and can kind of separate all of that out. But when people, uh, in your experience of working with folks, do, do you need to go beyond the Bible and find other traditions uh, to find more positive aspects of God? Well, certainly there's incredible wisdom in other traditions, and certainly we can always broaden our spirituality by um, by grasping hold of that, uh, by grasping hold of other traditions. seems like a lot of traditions, though, have the same problem we do, yeah. and that is the fact that um, we are trying to make sense of God in different times, in different places, in different cultures. And, and so part of our job as religious leaders and as people of faith is to be able to take those words and to lift up, you know, the core of them. So, so as a Christian, I believe in the words of Jesus, and Jesus says that you know, loving your neighbor as you love yourself and loving God, that's, that's sort of the core of what we believe And so when there are times when we are wrestling and struggling with a passage, I use that as my litmus test. I go back and say, okay, does this portray a loving God? Does this portray a God whom I could love and who loves me? And so it's often our job to get to that kernel, that that truth in there. And it is the true and serious fact that Many times we don't have a portrayal of a loving God in our scripture. And and that's what makes this so difficult and so interesting, I think, um, this conversation of learning to reframe our religion, reframe our ideas, and reframe our love for God. Yeah, because uh, certainly there's a movement uh, that is on the rise that says that God is just a bad idea altogether uh, and that we need to move beyond God. And I I, I, uh, I don't have an opinion about that, but I'm fascinated by the different views on that in, in order to get healing. And that's what I read in your book is that you're very uh, – people – may need to get healing in, in whatever way they need to. And that may be moving beyond God altogether or finding a different image. Is is that right? Absolutely. I mean, I know people who have been, um, who have gone through situations of pedophilia, of priests 
um, uh, having a priest who is a pedophile or um, gone through some of these really, really traumatic experiences. And they, they just can't get there. They, mm-hmm. they just cannot reconcile with God. And I, I, as a person who does believe in God, I completely understand that. And I, I believe God does too, you know. And, and there are people who just can't, can't do it. They, they reject their faith. And, um, and of course, I, I, I get that. I, I understand that. And I've been there. Um, but for me, it just didn't work. You know, I, I tried really hard to walk away. But for some reason, I've got this framework where I am always praying. I am thinking about God and almost, uh, I, you know, on a daily basis and and always trying to draw from Scripture. And it's just sort of a heartbeat for me. So I guess I, I'm writing this book for those people, you know, the people who want to connect with a more loving God and have more loving faith and to be a part of a, a movement of justice and mercy and love. Um, but yet with with great respect for people who are atheists and um, or agnostic or or can't reconcile with a God that they believe that exists. Now, in addition to restoring people to a positive experience with God, do you also want to restore them to church too? For some people, it's just not possible. It's just, you know, I I have a friend who just can't walk into church without getting physically nauseous. And I understand that. Um, It's just not possible. Uh, And so I believe that um, we're to be connected with God in any way that we can. Of course, I'm a pastor. This is the way that I connect with God is through community. I believe that in the best situations that church allows us to be able to um, work for social justice, to work for the common good, to help us to be better humans. I believe that we have friendships in church that we don't have in other places that allows us to cross intergenerational bonds. It allows us to make um, uh, interracial bonds. It allows us to understand people in different times and places of their lives. So I believe that community is important, and I believe it's um, uh, usually good, but I fully respect people who cannot do that. And your book is uh, has an, an each chapter uh, has uh, exercises for uh, people to use uh, in order to heal particular wounds. Um, I'm thinking of can you talk about um, one of them here? For, for example, recovering our emotions, and uh, you talk about how learning to feel again. First of all, tell us the uh, what what happens. What's the wound there, and and what is your exercise in that chapter to help? Yeah, in that chapter, I was dealing with how oftentimes our religious upbringing doesn't allow us to access certain emotions. So for me, as a conservative Christian, 
our emotions were very gendered. So a man could have sort of a go-to emotion of anger. If he was fearful, he could express it through anger. If he was sad, he could express it through anger. But for a man to be fearful outwardly or to be uh, crying, those weren't things that were accepted very much in our conservative Christian community. For me, as a woman, I could cry, but it was not emotionally acceptable for me to be angry. And so I learned to cry whenever I was angry or cry when I was, you know, pretty much that was my go-to emotional response. And so it it becomes very confusing and you begin to um, uh, not access certain emotions. Also, uh, we were taught that the joy of the Lord was our strength and that, you know, one of the fruit of the spirit was joy. And so... um, so a good Christian didn't get depressed or a good Christian didn't didn't have sadness. And of course, as humans, we get sad, we get angry, we get depressed. You know, whether you're a man or whether you're a woman, you just go through these things. And so part of the spiritual healing was being able to relearn how to have appropriate emotional responses, how to understand what I was feeling, how to understand um, what my physical responses were to those emotions. So I remember when I uh, was trying to get in touch with all of this, I would have this little refrigerator magnet and Um, And it had all these different faces, happy faces and sad faces and smiley faces and anxious faces. And I would put a frame around the face that I was feeling. And it was actually a magnet for toddlers. Yet it was extremely important for me as I was learning how to um, get in touch with my emotions again. And I think a lot of people who have been abused... Um, many times they haven't been allowed to express their emotions or they haven't been allowed to have access to their feelings. And so it's, it becomes very important for people to be able to stop and think about what their body is doing, how their body is reacting, and how they're really feeling. Um, so I found that uh, through my own healing and, and as I work with other people, that's a very core important thing that we we learn to um, embrace these emotions, learn to be able to express them in a healthy way, and learn to be able to walk through them. In one of the uh, chapters, you talk about your experience at uh, Moody uh, Bible College uh, with a professor. Uh, people um, in, in that can you talk about. Uh, do you remember what I'm talking about? You, you're he's he's um, it, someone's talking about abuse or going back to a, an abusive husband, and he says, "Yep, and here's the rules." And uh, and and you're awakening kind of as you uh, experience that moment. Yes, yes. I've had uh, this um, moment has come up a few times because 
oftentimes people will um, will link a video to John Piper or link a video to someone, some preacher saying something like this. And basically what the professor said was divorce was not allowed in any sort of circumstance. And one of the students in the classroom, she was an international student, she was horrified. And she said, well, what if, what if you're being abused? And he said, divorce is not allowed in any circumstance. And so it just, it kept escalating because she said, are you kidding? What if you have kids? You know, what if they're being abused? And he, he just kept going with his bottom line. And for me, that was um, just such a startling moment because it made me realize what I had been going through as I was growing up and to watch this woman really question that line of thinking. Of course, now it horrifies me when I hear it, you know, that that somebody would, would think that. But at the time, it was very common, and it was what we were told over and over again whenever I would tell anybody what was going on in our home. It was, well, you know, he's the head of the house, and, and, um, and this is your cross to bear. This is your cross to bear. You know, it, it, that seems to me, as, I'm, as, as I read your book uh, and, and talking to you, that one of the big aspects of liberation is being able to find whatever it is, some kind of awakening to challenge these overarching narratives of, of authority um, that tell you what to think and what to believe and what God is about. And that takes uh, a bit of courage and... Um, quite a bit of courage, I think, quite a bit of heart uh, to be able to go ahead and resist when so many authorities are telling you this is the way it is. Uh, for example, you and I have been working uh, in the Presbyterian Church USA. Uh, mm -hmm. Both of our adult careers have been dealing with uh, the heterosexism and, and really the spiritual abuse of that and always you know, dealing with people going back to the Bible. Here's what the Bible says, and it's sin, and it's mm -hmm. sin. And I remember finally having an awakening that said, Maybe it isn't, you know, but it took a lot. Uh, and, and do you find that happening, too, of really um, – and, and I want to talk about that experience of when people are awakened and what that feels like. Absolutely. And, I mean, you know, we see that in the Bible, too, right, that Paul's, you know, has this – great awakening as he's going mm -hmm. to go kill the Christians and all of a sudden he's like fallen off his horse. <laughs> yeah. And and that's what's so beautiful, I think, about the spiritual life is this idea of being transformed and having these transformations. But you're right. So much of the process of writing this book was thinking back at those particular moments when my framework changed completely or when I was walking alongside someone and their ch framework changed completely. And it happens in so many different ways. Um, sometimes it happens because something horrible has just overcome that person or other times it happens because something amazing and beautiful has overcome that person. Another thing that came up for me as I was writing this and as I talk about it is I learned to have um, compassion for myself because 
oftentimes I'm embarrassed, you know, I'm embarrassed about what I thought. I'm embarrassed I could have been that person. But uh, learning to have compassion for myself and sort of embracing who I was, that little girl or that young woman who, um, who was caught up in just wanting to be right and just wanting to be good and, you know, to do what the Bible says, having compassion on that person that I was has been a really important part of this struggle. My guest has been Carol Howard Merritt, a friend and colleague and author of an important book uh, that folks uh, should pick up, Healing Spiritual Wounds, Reconnecting with a Loving God After Experiencing a Hurtful Church. So are you going to go on tour with this? I am. Yeah, it's, uh, you know, <laughs> it's it's a little bit wounding the whole tour thing because like all these pastors were like, yeah, yeah, we want we want you to come. And then their sessions are like, well, have you read this book? Do you know what it's about? Do you think it's okay? And Which seems really odd to me. I mean, I think a book or an author coming should be a point of discussion. Um, I'm certainly not trying to tell people what they should believe and how they should think. But rather, I hope to have a jumping off point so that people can work out what they think on themselves So I worry sometimes that even within our church, we um, we are constantly expecting people to think a certain way and not giving them the skills or the ability to really um, to really work out things for themselves. Yeah, I would say that that is a selling point for your book if the powers that be are afraid of people reading it. So, <laughs> I mean, that's 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 a good point right there, because you may be uncovering secrets uh, that uh, <laughs> that we all really need to uncover and bring out in the open. Carol, thank you for all of your work with this, your honesty in your book, telling your own story uh, and uh, and providing uh, providing hope for us. I appreciate that. Well, thank you, John. I really appreciate your show and appreciate you. You've been listening to Progressive Spirit, progressivespirit.net. I'm John Schack from KBOO in Portland. Be welcome.